Good evening, and welcome to A Closer Look. We're glad you joined us again tonight. I'm your host, Laurie Hackett. And as you know, each month we gather here and we take the time to get to know community. We get to know our nonprofits in the community, and especially some of the volunteers and the leadership that do so much and make such a difference. Tonight we have a great show planned because we're going out of our normal pattern, which is to have two guests, and we're joined tonight by one guest. So please join me in welcoming our guest tonight, my friend, Rich Worthley. Rich is the president and CEO of Crayola. Welcome, Rich. Thank you, Lori. It is wonderful to be here. It is wonderful, as always, to be with you. Ah, Well, thanks. We're delighted. There's so much to talk about. As I said at the top of the show, the purpose of this show that's been going on for about a year and a half is to really focus on community, volunteerism, and how our listeners can learn more and then maybe make the decision to get involved. And you're a wonderful, and your company also is a wonderful example of that. So I'd love to start right away and talk about Crayola. As the leader of Crayola, certainly we all know about Crayola, and Crayola is a community leader. Could you talk about, since you've been CEO for the last three years, Crayola's commitment to community? What does that look like? That's a great question, Lori. We, we've had a long-standing history and legacy of being committed to the community. The company's 120 years old, and actually last evening we were celebrating Crayolians that had celebrated their 25th anniversary with the company, and we had a gaudy number of 57 of them at a dinner at a local banquet hall with another 150 retirees to celebrate that event. And I had a Crayolian that just met that threshold, and he came up and talked to me about being a fourth-generation Crayolian and that his um, great-grandparents started with the company, and they actually lived in a house owned by Benny and Smith, the founders of the company. And although they both retired and their kids were living at the house at the time, the company stated to them, you can live at this house as long as you want. We want to sell it, but your family can stay here as long as they want. And when the family finally made the decision to leave, the company sold the house. So, you know, we've kind of got that in our DNA and there's story after story of where the company uh, invested and spent a lot of time in the community. So it was a big part of the attraction for me to come to the Lehigh Valley. Yeah, let's talk about that. I know you've been the the leader of other companies. You've had a lot of incredible experience. Talk, could you share more a little bit about that, what you saw in Crayola when you visited Easton, when you visited the Lehigh Valley, when you met your colleagues? What else helped to make that decision? Yeah, it was, uh, it was a pretty easy decision. I have I had worked for a, a large company, Newell um, Brands, which is a, a very big conglomerate, a little a little sloppy, a little too focused on quarterly earnings and monthly results and what does Wall Street think. And I was really looking for a different change and got contacted by Crayola, the uh, former head of Crayola, Mike Perry, who's now the head of Hallmark, mm-hmm. privately held. Uh, the brand is absolutely magical. It brings a smile to people's face when you, when you mention the brand or say that you work there. So spent time with a lot of people at the company. There's no one in my staff that's been at the company for less than 13 years. And the high water mark there is 36 years. So it's a very tenured, experienced group. Love that group. Uh, love the people that, that work in the company. Our average tenure in the company is 23 years with the company. So we've just got great history in the valley. And I love the valley. I love the combination of the rivers, access to the mountains three vibrant communities that make a big 
community in total, but just really loved the feel of each of the uh, leading cities and, and just uh, really fell in love with it. That's wonderful. Exciting, especially to hear about the commitment, the loyalty of employees, how long they stay. It certainly is a testament to the company. Rich, when you think about some of your colleagues, and I know many of them are engaged in nonprofit organizations, any examples of that? And is that a culture that you continue and you support and you encourage people to get involved in community? I do. And, and it's interesting, Lori, because it, it was an evolution for me to get there. I, I spent a lot of my formative years in you know, very uh, publicly held companies that were, again, very driven and focused on results and candidly were not as focused on what they could do for the surrounding community. And I was fortunate enough to lead Yankee Candle prior to coming here. And that was a, a company in Western Mass that is very connected and committed to the community. And I just loved that involvement. So uh, again, when I left there to come here, a big part of the attraction is that how steeped Crayola is in doing that type of work. And, you know, every one of my staff members that reports to me sits on a board in the community. So, um, you know, the the company overall volunteers over 10,000 hours a year. Um, United Way, we were kind of stuck at a $750,000 threshold for years. And our business has been wonderful the last three years. So we kind of adopted a uh, axiom of, hey, we're doing well as a company. We need to do better by the community. And last year, we uh, donated a, a million too. So, you know, it's just, it's, again, in the company's DNA, everyone subscribes, embraces it, and is really excited about volunteering for the community. Thanks for saying all of that. And we certainly know with United Way, we too are fans of United Way. In fact, coming up is the grand United Way Day of Caring, where hundreds of employees from your company, from PPL, from Air Products will be out. In fact, I recall a couple of years ago seeing you out painting a playground, I believe, at an elementary school in Easton. Yeah, we, we sponsor both Paxinosa Elementary and, and Cheston Elementary in Easton. And, and the first time we met, Lori, great memory was I was, well, there was a lot of creative Crayolians doing murals. I was doing the four square. You were. <laughs> so it was four squares. That was, you know, the game, love the game, uh, outlined. And, and really, it was the first time I met you. And it was kind of interesting because you were with... Uh, uh, Dave Lewis and Chip Hurd, and, and I kind of felt like a county worker where my boss was leaning on a rake looking at me because I was painting, and you, Chip, and Dave were just kind of standing on the sidelines kind of surveying everyone's work. So I understand you did that for the rest of the day as I was painting. You just drove around the Lehigh Stopped Valley. Stopped for lunch. Exactly. Yes, yes I did. Absolutely. Uh, well, you had to pay because Dave and Chip never paid no, for they anything. they never pay for anything. That's right. Rich, in thinking about this commitment that you have as the executive at Crayola and with your team, and this is for our listeners, I was wondering, are there skills that you learn from volunteering that you bring back to work? And then the other way, are there business skills that you or your employees take out to make nonprofits better? You know, I I think, Laurie, I mean, I I think, and especially in today's world, right, you know, post-pandemic, when you volunteer, you're far more empathetic. You understand how important it is to be vulnerable. You understand how important it is to be transparent and candid. And I think historically business maybe did not embrace a lot of those characteristics as much as they should or could. And I I think it's so important in today's environment where everything's a little scratchy and harsher and everyone's still kind of wobbly post-pandemic. So I, I think there's great learnings that come from time spent out in the community and helping make 
the community happier, healthier, um, better. And then conversely, to the second half of your question, I think, you know, there's a reason people work in business. You know, they, they like the competition. They like the, the burn. They like winning. Um, they like being um, succinct and crisp and results-oriented. And, and I think people that run the philanthropic organizations are great, but they don't sometimes have that mix. And, and, and that's probably not fair. I mean, they're under-resourced. There's a lot of things going on. People are wearing three hats to try to do jobs. But I think that injection of kind of business results orientation, streamlining, what's the best way to get to that out end game or that, that result you're seeking, mm-hmm. I think can be a, a pretty good injection. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and you, you're there. You, you could answer this question better than I. But I, I think it, there's a lot of goodness on both sides of that. I appreciate you saying that because I think people don't often understand how how we can bring what we did during the day out to volunteering or, or the reverse is true. Yeah. Rich, on this show, we talk a lot about collaboration. And I just think there's such a spirit of collaboration throughout the Lehigh Valley. Are there some examples of things that Crayola has done with the city of Easton, with Greater Easton Development Partnership that speaks to your commitment to collaboration? Sure. I mean, I, I think um, we collaborate all the time across, especially the city of Easton. One that comes to mind just recently is um, for the start of the Women's World Cup, that the first uh, match against, I believe it was Vietnam. But, you know, we, um, along with Air Products, sponsored a watch party. So we had 750 Estonians uh, down in the community circle. Cradle Experience was open and free for kids to use. There were a bunch of activities that spilled out of the Cradle Experience. Air Products uh, sponsored the screen. And it was, you know, local bars and restaurants had kind of food trucks or food stands out. And I think that was a great example of GEDP, some local leading businesses coming together to have a wonderful night celebrating U.S. soccer and the community. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a great example. I was there that night. And you were? It was wonderful. And just to see... You came in kind of midway. You went to a nice restaurant I, first. I did. <laughs> Sorry, listeners. Absolutely, I did. I was supporting the small businesses in Easton. That's right. So that's, that's what right. I was doing before enjoying it. But I think that kind of collaboration is no stranger to the Lehigh Valley. I see that kind of work. Rich, I know that you're involved in other things, and we're going to talk about those a little bit later in the program. Has volunteering and giving back always been part of your family growing up? I would say um, to a degree. We we kind of picked our spots. Where I give my father a lot of credit, well before it was fashionable, he was very involved in youth sports. So when and in the, you know, and people can't see me, but I'm very old. So we're talking 70s, um, early 80s. You know, there was, it was hard to find coaches. It was hard to find referees. And, and my father was always the person that did that. And he did that for the best of the community. He was never trying to make me play more or do anything to give me an advantage because I really wasn't that good. So he couldn't put me out on the field <laughs> very much. But, you know, it was, a, it was the notion of that's where he got involved. And, and interestingly enough, when I – had my own children. I did a lot of that work. And then I, really through the last two professional experiences, I've grown, as I said earlier, to be far more civic-minded and more holistically looking at the whole community. Is there a mentor? Is there a role model that you've had for how you run the company, show up in community? You know, Lori, that's a, a good question. I, most of my mentors have been really 
thinking more about my business career. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think here in the Valley, it's been interesting. I've, I've really, and I'm going to say this, and I've learned a lot from you and, and how you conduct yourself and how you represent air products has been a nice benchmark for me. You know, I, I think uh, Vince at, at PPL, I, I don't go to something and not see Vince and uh, Tony at a BSI. I mean, you know, you know all the key leaders, but I, I think you look across the valley and, and there's a lot of people to look up to because there's a lot of people that are very involved. And I also think, you know, a Tom Harrington at Valley Youth House, a Jared Mast at GEDP, they're also very visible leaders, mm-hmm. very involved. And I've spent a lot of time with both of those individuals, and I've learned a bunch from both of them. Mm-hmm. And I think you're right. We, Some of us travel in the same circles. We do other things together. But to see consistently leaders like that showing up at, at all levels, representing so many, I think yeah. that makes it very unusual for this community. Yeah, and, and I'm sorry, Lori, the other thing I'd add, I think the leaders are great, and they set hopefully help set the tone and pace, but I also love that you see, and I'll, I'll choose Crayola as day of caring, mm-hmm. you know, we allow hourly associates, and we pay them to go work in the community that day, and we we always let them carve out time, and we'll pay them, so, you know, that's the most exciting part for me, is, you know, I'm working at a community center in Easton on whenever it is next Thursday. Wednesday or Thursday mm-hmm. of next week, but you know I'll be working with a lot of people that are on the line making crayons all day, and it's great to have that mix. Mm-hmm. And how many people do you think you'll have out on day of caring from the company? You know, I I haven't heard. I I would say we have three opportunities that were offered. I mean, I I think we'll end up you know sixty or seventy, great. you know, fifteen to twenty five at each of the locations. Mm-hmm. That probably might be a little high, but uh, yeah, I think an average of twenty per spot. Based, based on last year. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll be out there, too, in fact, at the Children's Home of Easton. Okay. So I'll be volunteering okay. there. So. We'll be close. So listeners, again, we're joined tonight by Rich Worthley, and we've been spending time talking about Rich and Crayola and their incredible commitment to community. And we're going to talk more after the break. We'll be right back. Spread the word about your business or organization to a well-informed audience. Become an underwriter with WDIY. Our lineup of NPR news and locally produced programs reaches thousands of engaged listeners in the Lehigh Valley and beyond. Underwriting on WDIY is an affordable and effective way to provide information about your product and services to people who care. To learn more about underwriting opportunities, 610-694-8100 or WDIY.org. Welcome back. Again, I'm Laurie Hackett, and our program tonight is A Closer Look, and we're joined tonight by Rich Worthley. Rich is the president and CEO of Crayola and very active in the community. Welcome back, Rich. Great to be back, Laurie. The first part of our program, we talked a lot about Crayola and your incredible commitment to community. Could you share with our listeners the mission of Crayola and how that fits into this wonderful dedication to giving back? Yeah, that's, that's a great question, Lori. Our mission, and it is a, a real reason that we give back and we're so excited about what we do as a company. So our mission is to help parents and educators raise creatively alive kids. And it's scientifically proven, well-documented, well-studied that when children have art-infused upbringing, and it can be what we do, it can be theater, it can be dance, it can be music, they're happier, they're healthier, they're better communicators, they're better problem solvers. At the end of the day, they're more productive and they're more successful. And it's interesting and it ties right back to our company's roots. So the company was founded 120 years ago in 1903. The company was here for a different reason. 
One of the founders, Alice Binney, Edwin Binney's wife, was a school teacher, and she was constantly on her husband, a very successful business person, to say the school supplies were not good in the classroom. And in 1900, they came up with the best slate pencil that stormed across the U.S. In 1902, chalk used to just put clouds of particle in the air. So it was just terrible for all the reasons you would envision. And they invented dustless chalk that again rolled through the country. And then 1903, they came up with the first non-toxic, non-brittle crayon, which was the original inception of the start of uh, Crayola. And the name Crayola comes from two French words that loosely translates to oily crayon, which again was from Alice Binney. So, you know, our heritage is being committed to helping kids be successful. Fabulous story. Didn't know all of that detail. So thank you so much for sharing that. That that really matters. Rich, when you think about your involvement in community, and I know you're involved in a few organizations now, have you ever been involved in something where it wasn't a fit? And I ask that for this reason. A lot of our listeners are thinking about getting involved, but sometimes it's hard to know where should I go? What should I consider when I'm making a choice to be involved? Yeah, I, I think that's a, a great comment. And I, and I have a personal experience. I went to a tiny school in upstate New York, as you know, because it was <laughs> right next to the the vibrant town of Hornell, New York, where Lori grew up. But yeah. I, I went to a tiny school in upstate New York, Alfred University, had a wonderful experience there, was able to play college soccer, met my wife there. So it was great. And they asked me to be on the board a couple of years ago. And um, I enjoyed it, but I, I just, I, I didn't feel, have the same connection with other board members. I actually thought the school maybe should have been going in a different direction. So I I served my term and I stepped away just because it was not the right fit for me. So I I think like anything in life, you got to know yourself and understand what's important to you and make sure that's meshing with the endeavors and the organizations and, and friends and people that you're choosing to engage with. That is such a great example. You know, I've had that too. When I'm sure I you have. first moved to the Lehigh Valley, and I shared this once on this program with someone. I The first volunteer job I had was to do potato judging for the 4-H, and I did not know a hook about potato judging, but I didn't have any friends. I didn't know anybody. I'm like, yeah, I'll judge potatoes at the 4-H fair. Yep. Nope. Didn't work out for me. So I did some judging, but I thought this is probably not what I'm going to stay with. So important to find what matters to you. And as you said it with the college board, a community that you feel very connected with. Well, I also think, Lori, and you know this better than anyone. I mean, you're so visible in the community and everyone wants a piece of Lori to volunteer, to help. And sometimes you got to say no. I mean, mm-hmm. there's nothing worse than spreading yourself too thin and then not being able to do justice and meet expectations of, of everyone involved in that. And, and you only end up hurting, at the end of the day, yourself. You're not as good as you could be. And then you're not doing best by the organizations exactly. or endeavors. And great insight for anybody thinking about volunteering. And we do have the Volunteer Center of the Lehigh Valley, which has all kinds of options for people who want right. to get engaged. And you can take some, you can go through some of their questionnaires to find out what, how much time do you have? Where do you live? Some of those simple questions. Rich, where else are you involved in the community? Well, you and I sit on a couple boards together, but I'm on the Valley Youth House board. And I've been on that board since literally it was the first board I joined as I came into the um, community. I know we're going to talk a bit about Valley Youth House. I'm also on the uh, Greater Eastern Development Partnership and love that board because it's a combination of philanthropy 
philanthropy, excuse me, business, economic development. And I'm also on a really interesting board. I'm on the uh, Federal Reserve Board of Philadelphia's Economic Board. And that group is a really, really interesting group and talks more statewide and national issues, but um, certainly with the current inflationary environment and the interest rates and what's happening there, it's been, uh, I've learned a lot on that board and it's been fun. How did you get connected to that board? You know, was, they, they reached out to me. Uh, I'm not really sure how they found me, but I've really enjoyed it. And we actually had uh, Pat Harker's uh, the Philly Fed president, and mm-hmm. what a wonderful man. But we had he and his team up for a tour of Easton six months ago, and there's a lot of back and forth going on right now because of that visit. So they do, they're funding some research, they're funding some economic development in the city for us uh, through their banking relationships. So they, they found me, but I've uh, it's really been uh, fruitful for myself to be a part of it. And you gave a great example because I've seen it in the news. I've seen it on social media, the great group of Easton leaders with you and members of your team all together with Federal Reserve bringing some great options and opportunity for Easton. So that's awesome. Yeah, it was fun. You mentioned Valley Youth House, and we are so excited to talk for the last part of our program tonight about Valley Youth House and about the leadership role that you are playing along with your wife, Eileen, this year. And joining us for that conversation is Emily Connors-Henry with Valley Youth House. Hi, Lori. Thanks for having me today. We are so glad you're here. You know, we've been having this great discussion about getting engaged in community and finding an organization that matches with what you're interested in, that you share the same passion. Could you start with what is the mission of Valley Youth House? Sure. So the mission of Valley Youth House is to assist vulnerable youth and families to make sure that they are supported, they have safe places, and that they're ultimately building community connections, which is what we've been talking about all show. Absolutely. Thanks so much. And Rich, you're a board member, but you're also playing a very significant role this year with a program called Setting the Stage. Could you share what Setting the Stage is? I will, Lori. Let me back up a little bit and just amplify what Emily said. I I love the fact that um, Valley Youth House, you know, they provide that safety net when somebody really needs a helping hand, but they also focus on foundational life skills and make sure that they're developing resilient youth. So they got that great one-two combination of, of being that safety net when somebody's homeless or vulnerable or not in a good place, but then they put them in a good place and then they help them develop, grow, learn and flourish ultimately. So I I think they have a a wonderful one-two combination. So as I said earlier, I've been on the board uh, since I've come to the Valley. Just a wonderful team. Emily's great. Tom's great. You know everyone Mm -hmm. as well as I do. You're on the big board. I'm on the regional board. Um, They're very smart and they're deploying resources. But my wife and I are just honored and humbled that we are the honorees for this year's Setting the Stage, November 4th featuring Stevie Nicks, uh, one of the founders of Fleetwood Mac. And the concert's wonderful, but it's uh, Valley Youth House's, one of their largest fundraisers. And this year we have a a goal of $347,000. We're at $306,000 today. So we've got about two months to close that out. So, and I think we've got about 40 tickets left. So I encourage everyone to to get them fast because they're going to be gone quickly. So, But we're so excited. And again, the concert's wonderful, but it's being a part of of raising money for uh, an organization that does 
tremendous work. They help you know, 12,000 kids a year in the Commonwealth. They started 50 years ago in the Valley, one residence in 1973, and now they have 300 residents across 14 country, um, counties, excuse me. So just fabulous, fabulous work. And it's called Setting the Stage. Emily, could you explain what that means? Sure. So setting the stage, when we were conceptualizing the event and what it would mean for Valley Youth House and our programs and services, we really were looking at it as setting the stage for the future of the young people we're serving. We want to make sure that we're setting them up for success. So as Rich mentioned, we're helping them with life skills, anything that they would need to be independent adults here in our community. And then they are a part of our community, that they are not looking for a handout or help, but that they are empowered and that their voices are being heard as valued members of our community, which we know that they are. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Rich, anything to add to that? I, I think it's just, you know, last year was the first one I was able to go to because the, the previous two were virtual as a, as a result of the pandemic. And, and you were the honoree last year and you set a very high bar. And I, I was just, again, you talked about the community rallying around something, the reception kind of blew me away because I was, I don't know, I was expecting 70 people and, you know, a couple beers. And I love a couple beers, but it was 300 people <laughs> and more than a couple beers. And just everyone that was anyone was there. And, you know, the we had a student speak that was just inspiring and uh, a couple other, you know, community leaders. And, and you were the honoree and it was just wonderful. So it was a great event to raise funds for Valley Youth House, much needed for the programs that you spoke about but also for individuals to learn specifically how they could get involved and help. You can always write a check. But Emily, what other ways can people volunteer or support Valley Youth House? Sure. So we know that our programs are always looking for volunteers. They are looking for support, whether it be financial or time or your skill set. We have so many wonderful people in this Mm -hmm. valley who, um, workers who have great skills and talents, and to be able to share that with our young people and our programs is so valued. If anybody wants to also do collection drives, a lot of our programs are always looking for the basic necessities. A lot of times, especially at our shelter and our independent living programs, when youth come to us, they have whatever's on their back. They don't have a lot of the other things that the rest of maybe the kids in their school have. So we make sure that not only they have the essentials that they need, pillows, sheets, clothes, hygiene products, toiletries, but also we want to make sure that if they're celebrating their birthday with us at the shelter, that we can make it a great day for them. We can bake them a cake because somebody donated a box of cake mix, things like that, that really just elevate the experience and really provide that humanity and that human touch to the services that we're providing. Thank you. So well said. I'd love to add something to Mm -hmm. that. Just a great example of that. Emily is a Chef Greg runs the Crayola Cafe, and he volunteers and does cooking classes for and some of the residences. And it's just, I mean, he's an awesome guy, phenomenal cook. And, and it's he, a skill he has. Yeah, and he loves right. it. And I think people forget that that strategic planning, do you know that? Finance, do yeah. you know that? Mm-hmm. Career counseling, resume, you could bring it out and, and support the students. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. And we have so many volunteers that are doing that each and every day. Mm-hmm. And our board members included, like you all, and being able to provide skills and really just rally around. We always say that it takes a community. It's not just Valley Youth House. We're not doing this by ourselves. We couldn't do this by mm-hmm. ourselves. But really, it takes everybody here and helping out in their own unique way. Mm-hmm. Now, I know with the event coming up in November, but I believe there's also a raffle that's happening. So another way that people can support. Rich, could you talk a little bit about the raffle? 
Sure. So uh, as an add to uh, the evening, we are launching, I think, Emily, this week or just launched on the website. We're going to be pushing it out on social uh, media is a uh, a raffle that $50 a ticket and it has a chance to win over $3,000 in prizes. Two front row seats to the concert, Stevie Nicks concert, uh, VIP parking, food credit for that evening, $500 of Crayola product for yourself, $500 of Crayola product to be donated to the charity of your choice, five Crayola experience tickets for yourself, 10 Crayola experience tickets for a charity of choice, $100 worth of uh, credit at the Crayola experience store. What am I missing, Emily? And coming to the reception oh, and, and setting the, the stage. Setting the stage us. reception. The, yes. Yeah, that's what, and that those tickets are valued at $500 each, or is it $250 each? $500 each? $250 each. $250 each, $500 total. So so that raffle is just breaking right now. So Fabulous. be on the lookout for it. Mm-hmm. And that's something that people can, if they want to, get involved and contribute online. Is that right, Emily? Absolutely. You mm-hmm. can purchase tickets to the raffle at valleyyouthhouse.org slash setting the stage. Mm-hmm. Great. Thank you. And I know that all of these efforts, above all else, we are working to support and celebrate youth, kids and youth, to help them grow and be successful. Absolutely. We are rallying around these young people. They are resilient. They are wonderful. And they just need the support and guidance to become the successful independent adults that we know that they will be a part of our nurturing community here in the Lehigh Valley. Well said. Thank you. Well, unfortunately, we're at the end of our time. And again, we've been joined by Rich Worthley of Crayola and Emily Connors-Henry of Valley Youth House. As we close out the program, final thoughts for our listeners. We've talked about a lot of things tonight, from volunteerism to the specifics around Valley Youth House. Emily, I'll start with you. Anything before we close? I would just like to give a public thank you to you, Lori, and to Rich for your leadership, your guidance, everything you do to support Valley Youth House and all the other wonderful nonprofits and organizations here in our vibrant community. So thank you. Rich? Thank you, Emily, and I'll go right back at you with thank you for your efforts and leadership and and making it easy for us to do the work that we do in conjunction with Valley Youth House. So great to be here, Lori. Thank you for hosting us. Well, thanks again. As we mentioned, I'm Laurie Hackett with A Closer Look, and what a program we had tonight. So interesting that we are able to gather and celebrate and talk about nonprofits in our community. And again, specifically tonight, we were joined by Emily Connors-Henry of Valley Youth House and, of course, the wonderful Rich Worthley of Crayola. Thanks again for joining us, listeners, and we'll see you next time on A Closer Look. If you enjoyed this program, please go to the WDIY website or app to share or become a WDIY member.